All right then, you know my name and let's uh, get right into it. If you are a regular on this show, you know that every Wednesday at four, we have conversations about the barriers that hold women back. Uh, They are invisible and that's why they're called glass ceilings. Now this week, the BBC aired a documentary that uh, turned a spotlight on an area where many young people, especially women, are being victimized every day here in Nigeria. Universities are meant to be a sanctuary of learning, a safe place where young people can learn the skills they'll need to earn a living while being molded into elite citizens while isolated from the corrupting influences of the larger society that they are meant to fix one day. But this is not the reality on our university campuses today. So many of our students are under attack. They are the targets of some predatory lecturers who use their control over the students' academic fate to extort them. They're the targets of these lecturers, most of them men, and so expectedly, most of the guilty lecturers are men. And so they extort the male students for money and the female students for sex. So today on The Glass Ceiling, let's talk about sex for grades. On the next hour, I want us to look at this very serious evil from all angles. And that's what it is. It's an evil. It isn't just some societal problem. It destroys, it derails lives. And I want us to talk about what it looks like, how it works, what factors cause it, what factors permit it to happen, what factors make it so difficult to fight. But most of all, I want us to look at uh, what we can do to defeat this evil and save our young people, the future of this country, from it. I'm not alone. I have a veteran journalist on the show with me. And uh, actually, two veteran journalists on the show with me. Uh, The first one's a, a veteran TV presenter and reporter. She's also the publisher and editor for today's woman, a glamorous yet wholesome self-improvement magazine for today's total woman. Adesuo Yenokwe, thank you so much for joining me on The Glass Ceiling. Thank you. I hope you didn't get me doing all these funny faces. <laughs> yes, they did. How are you, <laughs> I'm very well. Also joining me is the host of Listed Goshen here on Hard Facts. Every Thursday, Iriti Bakari Yusuf. She's also the founder, No More 234NG. It's a movement aimed at creating awareness about sexual violence culture, using our voices to put a final stop to it. Iriti, thank you so much for coming home to thank Hard you. Facts. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And on me. the phone is a man, because we have to have these conversations and have oh. the other gender in the room and I always say that um, uh, human rights are women's rights and everybody has a right to ensure that women's rights are respected Andrew Boforbo is uh, a venture capital executive thank you so much for joining us on the phone what did you say his name thank is? you Sandra Andrew Boforbo Andrew yes okay. Andrew. hi Andrew <laughs> hi all right, so The Glassling is a very interactive show, as you know. Throughout the show, I'm going to be uh, hearing from you who's listening at home or in your car or wherever. And I'll be asking you new questions throughout the show. So the first batch is this. Have you been a target for sex for grades? Do you know anybody who has been targeted? What punishment did the lecturer threaten those who did not accept uh, uh, to sleep with them? Did you report? 
if you were the target, did you report? If you did, what happened? What do you think causes this problem? Now, let me start with you, Riti. I want to get something out of the way very, very quickly before we get into like the rest of it. We've been hearing people defend lecturers, <laughs> right? Really? Involved in sexual grades. Yes, we've been hearing them. They're, they're saying, oh, female students um, seduce them. So I'm going to ask you. I came here to seduce you. Go. Okay. Oh my God. You're not taking advantage of me, are you? Oh my God. Well, you're all covered up. But then look, she's got a tie, she's got long sleeves. Her seduction comes in many ways. That's what most Nigerian men don't get, right? Okay, hold on though. But let, let's, let's talk about that first. Can we agree before going forward that in the majority of the cases, if the lecturer, uh, it, it is the lecturer prepositioning the students and not the other way around, unsolicited? Majority of the cases, there's the lecturer saying, give me this, let me give you this. Okay, shall I come? I'm a bit more of a dissenting radical voice where that's concerned. Okay. Right. It doesn't matter. If somebody walks in naked mm-hmm. into your office, it's, abs- it's no license hmm. for you to molest them. You might see it as you being sexually molested yourself, which means you need to report it, but... Whether you dress scantily or cover up from top to bottom, mm. it doesn't matter. Whether you come naked, the fact of the and most Nigerians are not going to like this, and your phone lines are going to go ballistic any moment. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, mm. the onus, the responsibility, is on the most senior person, who is the person mm. that carries the power, mm. right? Mm. It's that simple. Mm. So, for instance, Sandra, if you walk into your boss's office naked. Mm-hmm. He's the one that has the power to sack you. That's right. He's the one that has the power to keep you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he's the one that has to exercise his common sense, Mm. his decency, Mm. all right? Mm. His moral judgment Mm. and also abide by the law. Mm. That's it. I guess that's why, can I come in there? Yes, go ahead. I guess that's why the problem exists because when we do say that young women can put themselves in situations where they can be taken advantage of. Mm. It appears like we're saying the men should go scot-free. Mm. But you can't yeah. take away the fact that young women do do that. Mm. And I was on the field yesterday. Okay. I yeah. mean, my reportorial skills came back up. I went to Unilag. Okay. I was able to speak to the vice-chancellor and the deputy vice-chancellor. And she mm. tells me in their school, mm. which is a population of more than 50% of them are females, mm-hmm. right? It's not like it doesn't happen. It does happen, right? And there are cases where the students themselves are the ones that put teachers in ridiculous positions. The VC shared with me Mm -hmm. an occasion where, this was years ago in the 90s, where a student walked into his room and told him that she loved him. But what did he do? He opened the windows and opened the door because he was scared. (laughs) You know what I mean? It does happen, but like the the vice chancellor who's female says the truth is whether it happens to a man or to a woman, right? Mm. Like she says, the onus is on the older person, Mm. the person with more authority, Mm. to refuse, Mm. to say no. Andrew, tell me why the onus is on the man or the woman. Whoever it is. On the power. Man or woman. On the power. Okay, so so tell me why uh, it's more important for the person on the other side of the table uh, to say no instead of the student to not have gone in there to ask for uh, whatever they can give to get grades. The reason, there are many reasons why it is the onus is on the person with the position of power and authority. Mm. And uh, um, Ms. Adeswa and Ms. Riti have already uh, enumerated a lot of the reasons. Mm. But let me add one more. We're talking here about the specific case of lecturers and students, a a teacher-pupil relationship, a teacher-student relationship. Mm. And that relationship is one that is special. 
it is one that is recognized all over the world as one that confers a lot of um, uh, um, you know, responsibility. Status. And students tend to be intimidated by their teachers. Mm. They tend to be respectful. They tend to be in awe of their teachers. Mm. So even teachers are trained to expect affection from their students, which is misplaced affection, and so that they are in a better position to reject it and help the student reorient them and the, the, the relationship in a proper way. Mm. So it is, it is an absolute abuse of trust for a lecturer or a, or a teacher to say that, oh, this my student threw themselves at me or tried to seduce me and I fell for it. In that situation, you have abdicated your moral role as a teacher, which is to rise above and reorient. Mm. But then again, to go further, teachers, lecturers are professionals. And part of that profession is a code of ethics. Mm. Uh, you're journalists, you have your journalistic code of ethics. Mm -hmm. Teachers have their code of ethics as well. Mm -hmm. And this situation of getting involved in any kind of romantic liaison, even in some cases, excessively friendly liaison with their students is an absolute violation of the code of ethics. Mm. And you have a situation where you have a teacher who is a professional mm -hmm. with a student who is not a professional. Only one of those two people in that room is a professional trained and paid. So definitely we cannot hold the untrained, unpaid amateur to the same moral and um, you know, conduct standards as the paid, trained professional. Absolutely not acceptable. All right. So let me come to you uh, at this word. Um, now that we've tackled this who seduced whom matter, <laughs> huh? let's talk about another argument that is being raised. We've heard some people say that it's only students who are legitimately failing or who want to illegally increase their grades that agree to sex for grades? Is this true or false? Well, I will speak from the point of someone who's actually gone to campus to speak to people. Okay. And the lecturers do say that when children, when students have a problem mm -hmm. and they're looking for a short way out, they seek that as a solution, a possible solution. As Okay, you know what? Things are not good. The example I gave to you before was a case like that, mm. where the student wanted the professor to help her. I mean, we know I was a student. This was 35 years ago. Mm. These things even happened at that time. Okay. Where, well, I want to extend this. Sex for grades, sex for marks, sex for positions, employment. sex for all kinds of things. People, because you, it's, a, it's a negotiating tool mm. that people can use, and we can't ignore that. Mm. So if you choose to use it, it does not mean what we're saying. If you choose to use it and you're using it with someone who's of a higher authority, you can't take it. So going back to the question of, say, okay, did the person actually seek that? It's immaterial. Mm. But I do know that when they have challenges, mm. when you are caught in a spot, you use what you have to get what you want. And sometimes on campus, the girls or even boys, because mm. I was also told of a, a, a female lecturer that was harassed by a boy, all because he wanted his marks and his grades to be improved. Mm. You mm. know, so it does happen. You can use what you have to get what you want. You can try. You can try. Uh, Irechi, I want to hear your thoughts on what I, I, I just I said. I think there's a sinister thing going on here for me. Okay. Um, especially every time we discuss rape, every time we discuss in particular sex for grades, which used to be called sex for marks, mm. right? Mm -hmm. When... Um, What's her name? Uh, Monica Osage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When Monica Osage did that, her own expose, 
every time with the first thing you hear or the immediate response mm -hmm. from men and some women and we have to we really have to get to the point where we have to realize that some women are allies yeah right mm -hmm. they will blame a woman first mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. before they blame a man yeah right what you often get is the immediate response is well the girls this the girls that the students this yeah well i say to them okay so hmm. again it goes back to the same thing who has the power so i'm failing and i go to my lecturer to try and do whatever it is i need mm. to do to get mm. what i want mm. i go to whoever owns the employment in this country mm -hmm. and says or in my organization say you know what do i need to do mister no, and i give him that look my, my the, the the issue here will always and always be and must always be about that power because if that person didn't hold that power mm. that i wouldn't be young to you for exactly my grades. would mm. not That's be right. coming to them mm. for grades or to upgrade or whatever mm -hmm. so i i it i think when we start to unpack mm. the wise those parts yes thank you the wise then we start to almost not validate it but we start to almost give this nonsensical disgusting behavior some meaning mm. we start to deny that we have a plague mm. we start we didn't unpack ebola mm -hmm. we didn't did we unpack Ebola? We didn't. We, we just, just accepted that this thing can kill us, mm. right? And still Adadeva died for the rest of us. So mm. we could all be saved. Mm. What we have to admit, end of story, there is no negotiation, mm. is that we have a serious problem which is actually detrimental to our society. Mm -hmm. And it didn't start today. It's been going on for over 40 years. Absolutely. Mm. And that is why we should stop this. Who did, whether they did, whether the girl is not my comata. No, are you saying we should <laughs> stop? Or we, you're, not, you're not saying we should ignore. No, I'm right? saying it exists, we but to... that's not the issue. Okay. Yes. I think that the point has to be clear. We're mm. not saying we should ignore yes. the fact that this is what it is is mm -hmm. but please don't make that the reason that you let people go off yeah. mm -hmm. simply because the person with the lesser power mm -hmm. decided to be moral immoral yes. immoral whatever it is whatever choice that person has made mm -hmm. doesn't let off the person who could have said no all yeah. right let me hear what andrew has to say to the points that you have both raised andrew I think this thing, it, it, I actually find it um, reprehensible okay. when um, we, we, we frame this thing in terms of, oh, you know, the, 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 the student, the person with no power in the situation yeah. had some motive to do something. Let us remember, by the way, that these are students. If um, they are still being molded by society, including the lecturer, mm. if we felt that they had complete accountability and complete responsibility, they wouldn't be in school. They would already be in the workforce with, with, with the rest of us. Mm. So if a student does not know the right thing to do and tries to co-opt a lecturer into a corrupt act or into an illegal act, that is a teachable moment, the moment for the lecturer to show why absolutely. she is a lecturer yeah, absolutely. and she is a student mm -hmm. and teach her that, no, mm -hmm. this is not how you do things, you know, not to go along with it because of his own personal gain. Yeah. Then in that moment, he has abdicated his status and his position and his responsibility as a teacher, and he has become no better or worse than the, than the student. And let us bear in mind that we're talking about students here who are 15, 16, 17, yeah. 18 years old, yeah. three of them 19 or 20, just past the age of consent. These are not fully formed adults with clear agency. These are still, for all intents and purposes, children. So I, I, I am not very comfortable with this idea of prisoner. Yes, this is what some of them do, and that they're using what they have to get what they want. They are still learning, and we as a society should be at that point teaching them how to do things better. I also believe, hmm. I also believe that in, 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 in these situations, 
but that was even addressed the merits. And I and it, I used the bitter taste in my mouth that I had to even address the merits of this argument. Okay. But I will still address it and point out that the absolute majority of the time, it does not matter yeah. whether the student was passing or failing. Okay. The lecturer decides that this student, I want her, he has the power to fail her, whether she was passing or failing. Mm. So, so, so even on the merits of it, and I hate to even use the word merit next to this argument, it doesn't stand up. Okay. Now, let me remind you, of course, that we're streaming this uh, conversation live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Nigeria Info 99.3. You can watch our live studios. I want to hear what uh, you think. You was listening at home. If we do not excuse a civil servant or a police officer for taking bribe, a bribe that they have been offered, should we be excusing lecturers who broke the rules because they claim that they were seduced and offered sex. We talked about this yesterday and some of you were making that defense. 0127 is our female caller line. So if you're female, call that number. I want to hear from you. 0127 We'll take two calls and then get back to the conversation. Hello, Joseph. Sounds like discrimination. Yes, good afternoon once again. <laughs> How are you? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I love your show on Bojo Time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and um, I want to appreciate our brother on the, on the phone mm-hmm. as well. Um, the lady, the other lady, I don't know her name. Miss Yes, you're welcome. She's the man. veteran. The rest of us are still trying to catch up with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all right. Go ahead. Okay. Um, there's no um, form of excuse. Okay, that you can give me that would that that will make me to believe or to accept the reason why you are doing something you know is wrong. No matter, um, you know, in, in school you can find a way to uh, morally talk to the affected student on how he or how she, you know, can uh, can get a better grade instead of consenting to her idea of you you know um sleeping with her or something i don't know so i think no matter what it is no matter the excuse you're going to give mm. that made you do such thing which i know is a wrongful act mm-hmm. i won't take it i will expect you to to start on ground and tell her what she can do to up her grade mm. and that would be the better thing you can do as a top guy who we know as a lecturer in the, in the university. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph, for calling. Abella says that she uh, also faced this with a lecturer in the past. Abella, welcome to the show. What school is this? Yeah, hello, Sandra. Hi. I'm not in line. <laughs> <laughs> I just get you guys one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm. Yes. I, I thought, uh, I'm so happy to call today because I've been meaning to contribute on this last week. Okay. Okay, let me just start so I can talk well. Okay. All right. <laughs> Great. So, yeah. I have I had a experience when I was in university mm. over a decade ago. Okay, you know I had a, a, a random lecturer, very notorious man, you know. So I I was called low because I'm not used to having low grades. So I had a D in a class. So and I had a roommate that was a year ahead of me. So she knew most of the lecturers and their behavior. So when I told her I was going to meet the lecturer, she was like encouraging me, "Don't go." This and I said, "I'm going." So to cut long story short, I approached the lecturer. I went straight to his office. I looked him straight in the eyes, and I was, of course, I was properly dressed. 
Because I still believe in you are dressed the way you are dressed. Yeah. I know people say you can be naked, blah, blah, blah. but I tell you, I've never seen a person wearing a pants in this position. So I always believe in being properly dressed as a lady. So I went to the office, I sat down and I saw him, sir. I saw my results and I don't believe before I thought. Can I help my people to remark? He looked at me. He was shocked at my confidence. Because I was just about 19 years old. I said, yes. I'm very sure of what I wrote. I thought in assessment, I was one of the highest in the assessment. So I wonder why I thought so low. Mm. Eventually, because of my confidence, I said, yeah, you know what? You have a very good manner of approach. I'm going to call for your papers. So he ran street open. Everybody should bring out the papers. He called my papers and I went there to the office and he remarked me and I got my right call. Mm. So what are you girls saying? That are being harassed. Let me let me ask a question. Mm. Mm. Did you actually pass the exam? Mm. I'll have a problem with the lecturers if you fail me, I passed and you failed me. And the school authority is not doing anything about it. But if you fail your course, for crying out loud, go and repeat the course. Go and repeat it. I, I'm trying so to understand your point, Abele. Yes. So the point I'm trying to make is this. Hmm. I'm not supporting the lecturer for doing that because like the, the male colour uh, the male uh, guest person is there, okay? uh-huh. you are the lecturer, uh-huh. you are more mature than them, okay. you should teach them. But you know some girls are actually crazy because they believe in seducing people. Yes, most lecturers I'm also advising parents at this point. Don't force your children to read a course that they can't handle. Because if you actually fail and you approach the lecturer for for, 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 for grace, then you, you are also you will have a problem. Yourself. All right, and Bella. for listening with you, I'm not equally supporting that. Mm-hmm. But my point is, did you actually fail? If you failed, if you failed. There's no lecturer that can harass someone that is intelligent. That's the truth. All right, Bella. If you're intelligent and your lecturer harasses you, mm-hmm. take it up. If your hands are clean, if your hands are not clean, never go about saying blah, 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 blah. I, I have a personal experience. And nobody, that man, throughout the period of that, he never raised the issue of sex. In fact, I was asking of my family that girls. I said, no wonder. All right, Abele. Thank you for calling to share your thoughts on the show. Andrew, I want to hear your yes. thoughts on what Abele shared. Yes, I think Abele has um, she has fallen for the error that a lot of people fall for when it comes to these situations. And when I say these situations, I mean rape. Yes. Because as far as I'm concerned, forcing somebody to have sex against their will, whether it's at the gun point, knife point, or at the point of a pen of your marking script, it is rape. Now, what happens is a lot of the time, women are taught that if you are virtuous in some way, you will escape rape. Women are taught that if you dress properly, if you dress to be addressed, then you won't be raped. I so hate that term, dress to be addressed. Rape is for those who did not dress decently, in quotes. Women are taught, and when it comes to this um, sex for mark, sex for grade, women are taught that if you just read your book, study, and get A, no lecturer can do anything for you. It's those other women who are less than, those women who are failing. They are the ones who are going to be targeted. But that is patently a lie. I'm happy for Ebele that she did not, in her situation, meet a lecturer who was wicked enough, determined enough, and connected enough in her university that no matter how high she she took up the case, he would have somebody backing him up, that even if she took the case to the university council and the university senate, that he had enough allies in there to hide her script or bring out a fake script or say that the script was burnt in a fire. And at the end of the day, she would have no option. We know these stories. We hear these stories all, all the time. Brilliant young women whose lives are set back years, four years, 
simply because a lecturer who was connected enough and powerful enough had their number. So when women call and or talk about these things and and say that, oh, no, I, I had all A's and nobody could do this to me. I, I, I always feel like saying, my sister, remember that there, but for the grace of whatever God you worship, goes you. Because yes. smarter women than you, better students than you, have had their lives ruined by more powerful lecturers than the one who came after you. I, I was just listening, and I, I think I agree with all of Andrew has said, mm. but I want us not to lose one fact. Okay. I'm also a mother of daughters. I've mm. gone to school and I know what I have taught them. Mm. We cannot deny that actually there are certain things that make you more vulnerable to being <coughs> abused, whether it is in any circumstance. You know, so people must be aware. For me, what's most critical is for young girls to be aware of two very important things. You actually have power and you must speak up. What you should, for me, Every single man that has authority in my space is suspect until proven um, otherwise. Hmm. Just don't go there. You're going, you're going to see a lecturer. Don't go alone. Go with people. I advocate pepper sprays. I don't know how that's going to go everywhere I go. Don't go alone. Make sure you kick at the right places. Make sure you're ready to defend yourself. That's the truth. Unfortunately, I just don't trust men. Mm. Girls should stop trusting men. I'm sorry, Andrew. Stop trusting men. <laughs> Let them no, prove themselves me, otherwise. Don't yes, I, don't, I won't trust them. Because, it's, I mean, it's the first thing. Even now, now you, you were in the school, uh, uh, Mr. Tesua. How come lecturers are able to change students' grades without getting found Absolutely. out? I was hoping we would go there. Yes. It depends on the school's policies. That's the truth. If a school, every student must understand what their school policies are and demand that it is done. What that young girl did at Billy was because maybe she grew up, maybe her parents are lecturers or she knew she could go and ask for her papers to be remarked. Mm. If you doubt your marks, ask for it to be remarked. And I remember the D DVC for um, Unilag, Professor Gunshola, who is a medical, you know, she went for finished from the College of Medical Sciences, says, okay. look, the truth is, the chances are that you must, if you doubt that your paper is the wrong thing, okay. you can ask for it to be remarked, and cases have been happening. Hmm. So, I mean, and to fail one year, it's a big deal, start again, try, or you can ask for your papers to be remarked. What policies are in place, Iriti, or mechanisms should uh, do you think uh, uh, universities can put in place to prevent lecturers from falsifying <laughs> student results? Let me just come back on what Adesua said quickly. Mm -hmm. She's totally correct. My thing is also that we also have to remember 99.9% .9 of students in Nigeria are leaving home for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay? That is so critically important. People like me were able to leave home because we were over there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in Nigeria... People stay at home much longer. Mm. Therefore, they, they, they hadn't they're been... Unexposed. Yes, they're not exposed to certain dangers. A lot of people didn't know such a thing exist. And, and that girl that we saw, that's saying, be calm, be calm in the documentary, mm -hmm. she's actually the symbol. She, she epitomizes the average new Nigerian students because they don't have a clue. They have counseled many. Look, a particular, a big organization, an international news organization mm. i had to make a report to them because one of their staff was abusing or had sexually assaulted right a young a very young new graduate and she came to me so, so what i'm the, trying to say solution you, you so the, the solution so when we talk about solution there's policy and there's law mm -hmm. first and foremost 
we need everybody must be aware of the law absolutely it is illegal in nigeria and it's a five-year sentence for a lecturer to sexually harass a student it is a five-year sentence three to five mm. there you go right so we must be aware of that the other thing is then that we need to be aware of before we go to the um, internal policies mm -hmm. contract do you realize that there is a contract with every educational institution, right, from primary school the parents to secondary school, mm -hmm. that you are going to look after my child. You mm -hmm. are responsible for my child the minute my mm -hmm. child walks into your building. Is that so? Absolutely. Yes, there is. Mm. It's like that all over the world, mm. right? And Even that here contract, in Nigeria. It so is. Parents can sue the school. It's actually the government's responsibility. Mm -hmm. is part mm. of the thing. So... It, because of that contract alone, let parents be aware of that contract. Because when you sign, because I'm paying you, hmm. after all, mm -hmm. or the government is paying you on my behalf, mm -hmm. once that happens, you have a responsibility to look after my child, the safety and welfare mm -hmm. of my child whilst they're in your environment. Mm -hmm. That, again, we need people to be aware of, both the student and the parent. Mm. Number three, the policy. Mm. Like AOA said, the co schools do have their own policy. Mm. They have individual policies and they can set their own individual policies, which is why what I would push for now is ASU. Mm. This is why we all now need to bombard ASU because ASU has to have a policy. They have to agree one policy for everybody. Absolutely. I don't want Mr. VC who has gotten away with being a sexual perpetrator yeah. in another university when he was a much younger person. Or he was a, mm -hmm. Yes, it was a newer lecturer. To then become Mr. VC somewhere else and set a policy that's actually for perpetrators are us <laughs> united. Well, somebody <laughs> right? described a young man I know, mm -hmm. Andrew, I don't know if you heard it, but they just they, descri they describe it as an old boy network. It is, though. You know, it's a function of you know, every, literally everybody in that circle. They know each other. Yeah. And guess what? I went to the cold room yesterday. Okay. I mean, I, I was it been cold? Shut down. <laughs> <laughs> it's called cold room because it's an air-conditioned place, but it's above the staff um, recreational okay. area. I, I right, think it's right. symbolic as by where you store meat. Yes. Wait, that's what you see, but actually no, no, it's, it's, a, yes, no, it's symbolic meat. The girls are meat. And yes, the, the I think so. Is, you know, I agree, it's just, Sandra. I, mm -hmm. I, I went to the staff, the staff club mm -hmm. and I didn't see one single female professor. Not mm -hmm. one. The so, cold room is shut. But on second, I didn't see, but all the men were just chilling and having a drink. Mm. And this is also the other thing that happens, and that's why we need women to stop questioning yeah. these things. The female professors actually need to now speak up. They need they to speak are. up. They, they, they need to more they because they, they need to accuse it. Because look, again, these are children. They are leaving mommy and daddy and the family support and safety for the first time mm. and 16 year old really i mean think of yourself at the age of 16 and a 40 30 something year old man 50, -year -old. 50 something year old man i, I have to ask you that's what i have to ask you and and uh, andra i also want to get your thoughts on this before we take our first break so lecturers have a code of ethics we've mm. talked about this just Unwritten like amongst themselves well no there is a, an the actual, actual one yes okay. there's an actual code there of ethics just like doctors or lawyers or teachers you know you know um uh, well they are teachers and as teachers their code of et ethics reminds them that they are in charge of the instruction of young people who are still impressionable and therefore they have to take 
extra care to not take advantage of them. In other countries, teachers are even trained to expect uh, a, a misplaced affection from their Absolutely. students and to help the student to get over it and return to a normal relationship. Yeah. Why is it, Mr. Desua, that in Nigeria, we seem to have a situation where lecturers are not imbibing the code of ethics of their own profession? Sandra, that's a very... <laughs> I don't want to say it's a, it's a question that you're just asking because you need to ask. We know that men in this country, they don't know how to keep their zippers up. They have not been taught to be responsible and respect women. In a patriarchal society, women are there to be used. That's just what it is. Mm. And so nobody, I mean, a guy does something wrong and you give him a snap on the knuckle. How mm. many, only one lecturer has come down because the girl had evidence, which is fine. Two. The two second now. one has been suspended as well. No, but, uh, but even the, in Unilag, two lecturers are suspended and two others are under, as I'm speaking to you now, hmm. they're under investigation already. Ah. Absolutely. The ah. reason the BBC has released what they have released, they have more. Hmm. But yeah. this is the only one that has something really concrete that hmm. you can hold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody was asking me, why doesn't the Unilag itself just be set up on the ground students? Because they keep complaining, oh, we can't get them to talk. They are afraid to talk. When you say they should come, they won't come. Who will come to you hmm. if you have not been able to take one person behind Bars so you think Adesua, that this is down to men being unable to absolutely men can control themselves. Andrew is a man on the show. Andrew, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but is this something you agree with? Some yes, I agree with it 100. Yeah. percent here's, here's the thing. Earlier on, mm. um, Adesua made a very strong point. She said she has daughters, and she has had to teach her daughters, train her daughters how to handle themselves in the public space, especially when it comes to men. Mm. And now. I, I, I hesitate to ask how many men who have sons have trained their sons on how to handle themselves in thank the public you. space when it comes to I'll them. come in on that because I'm a mother of a boy child, okay. a son. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Okay. Now, right, now um, you are the exception. For the most part, Nigerian men are not taught not. to, they, they are not taught discipline when it comes to sex, when it comes to handling themselves with the opposite sex. They are taught that it is that sex is something that they should get however they can, whenever they can, from whoever they can, and that power is a legitimate means for obtaining sex. So when people are taught that their whole lives and there's never a check on it, and then you now give them positions of power, this is what will happen. How does, that transfer, how does that transfer to lecturers not being aware or not imbibing the code of ethics of their own profession? The code, well, like every other, like most other institutions in Nigeria, mm. um, the a a academic world has suffered corruption and erosion over Absolutely. the last 30 years. Mm. So um, the codes of ethics are not as strong in the minds of people as they were, say, um, a quarter century ago. And then now with those people coming into that profession with a lifetime of upbringing, which tells them sex is something they should acquire, however they can get it, if they have power to do so. Mm. And then now you give them power over teenagers. Uh, this is just a recipe for disaster. Well, and, there's and something have, before she we, comes in. You have, you have a situation where, now, um, earlier on, we're talking about, um, you know, using the mechanisms, mm. you know, to, to report lecturers, using the mechanisms to get your scripts remarked. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, you, you might win that battle, but you end up losing the war because here's what happens. All the, all the lecturers who are friends with that lecturer who you just defeated mm -hmm. mark you as a target mm -hmm. for the rest of your academic mm -hmm. career. Mm -hmm. And they don't start at your exam.
they start at the beginning of your semester, every single class, they're harassing you, frustrating you, they will make you fail. They won't even need to change your script. By the time you go through one semester of torture, trauma, and harassment, you won't even be able to write the exam. I and agree. This is, what's to, this is what's happened to young girls all over Nigeria. So it's well. not as straightforward as mm. following the mechanism. Well, I just want to hear well I'm just nodding my head as he's speaking because some of the girls that were running away from my camera, because I had a camera, I didn't have a hidden camera. Okay. All they were saying is, later I said, okay, let's turn on the camera. Tell me, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. They said, if I say something, mm-hmm. even though it has never happened to me, mm-hmm. I can become a target. Huh. I can become a target. They say, oh, you are talking against, because it's this old boy network. If you don't catch them, they won't do it. And the funny thing I found out was that this particular lecturer, Dr. Boniface, will do whatever it is, is not even a paying member of this said cold room. So what you had, he's one of the, you know the words they use, Shume or the Bushitos. Oh. <laughs> so he was just trying to pose. Oh. So what he does have to pose for girls and that for a guy like that who won't get girls ordinary, that's the only way he can get girls mm. from this way. Because I don't think a man who's okay would be struggling to get a 17-year-old. We'll come you back to that. I mean? Irit, let me hear your thoughts about your son. Uh, for a son. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it's two things. And also what this I just mentioned last, mm-hmm. actually, um, with regards to solution, as you mentioned. So I'm the mother of a boy child. And as I started on this show, Zero Tolerance, Zero tolerance goes to him. Zero tolerance goes to every single person, be it male or female. So here's what I say. If, because incidentally, it was just starting A-level school, right? And, and my had, sister. You had the birds and the bees I, conversation. No, no, no. I had the birds and the bees conversation when it was, was seven. Yeah. Trust me. That's also the other thing. Absolutely. We need to have that conversation as early as you see they're ready. Every mm, child absolutely. is different. Mm. In my son's case, I knew when to have it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a case of finding his hand inside his trousers. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> what are you doing there? We got to talk. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, um, so, uh, my, incidentally, my sister took him, um, but I had had, we, you know, we talk, I mean, you can't be my son and we don't talk about these things, right? My sister took him to A-level college, which is the same as our university mm-hmm. students. Because, because yeah. you know, yeah. in the UK, you yeah. do A-levels here, you go straight in from age 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was like, yeah, 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 you know, Auntie Bibi, I'm this and that. There's like how many students, not, some girls got to fancy me, da, mm. da, da. I said, oh, yeah, sit down. Okay, this is how it is. You know, there's such a thing called no, right? Remember, he said, yeah, he said, so if you fancy a girl and you guys start kissing and she says no, I don't care how hard it is. It's no. Stop. If you're in the process of doing anything and she changes her mind and she says no, it's no. Find a cold shower. There is just exactly. (laughs) The minute she says no, it's no. If you do not want to go there and she's pushing you to go there and you say no, walk away but that no must be something that you listen to at every given time tell me what did because he, what did not, he say to that it's interesting <laughs> I'm, I'm curious he did he did say to her you sisters are the same exactly because i hear this from my mother as well <laughs> kind of thing but it's it's a mess and i and i remember also you know it's we, we're so blessed in nigeria and I say something to people that, you know, yeah, when, you, when you're when you Nigerian and you've grown up, and people grow up in Nigeria and say, ah, no, you should go abroad, whatever, whatever, you know, there's a blessing to being brought up in Community. your own country. Mm-hmm. And that blessing is, there is a, there's, a, there's a mental, not burden, but there's a mental, mental, mental deposit about the fact that you are black. So my sister had to have a conversation and say to him, you must remember you are a black boy <laughs> in a predominantly white school Hmm. okay that's no eh 
You must, because white girls have been bringing down black men for centuries. And my nephew is not going to be one of the, he laughed. <laughs> so, you know, it's that so kind of thing. We have to let them know. We have mm. to let them know. No, but I, I'll come to solution, sorry, that solution part. Uh, uh-huh. when, when you were talking about, you know, the reporting. Firstly, we need to, they need to put up whistleblower because mm. it's true. I've been to Unilag, I've had conversations with them before this documentary was, what, a year ago and stuff? And... A lot of them are scared to speak. And I think if universities are playing lip service, quite frankly, in my opinion, I don't really think they mean half of what they say. Mm -hmm. Um, If they truly did, like I said, you can have whistleblower line, okay, that goes directly, not to universities, not to the VC, but that goes somewhere else Mm -hmm. where it can be collected and so the students will feel safe number one number two is what do young people do the most technology technology that's why we created an app the no more app which i think i told you about and that's why i want to bring it up right now while people are still listening so about a year ago because of this thing i created an app because i realized that students couldn't speak up and also not just students a lot of survivors young women the greatest thing is where do i report i don't want to go to the police station because they're going to humiliate me etc mm. etc so i wanted to create a safe space where survivors be it male or female could report and actually take their power back because once you report you're taking your power back right mm. andrew so That's just right. to know you're still here so we created this <laughs> app and um it, it's it's a very simple app which we're launching in universities first mm, mm-hmm. we're launching it next year we've spent this whole year registering yada yada, yada and mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that and the app is very simple you go in you put in your experience, you write your experience. It could be you don't want to talk to Auntie Rati because you're living with Auntie Rati. Mm. The app is there. You go in, you write your experience, you name your perpetrator. It goes into an encrypted file. We don't get to see it. Mm. From that encrypted file, only you have access to it. In that app, you'll find out where the nearest State NGO mm-hmm. is. You'll find out where the nearest lawyer that's willing to give two you know, two sessions of pro bono services, Mm -hmm. you'll find out where the nearest therapist is because that's the other thing we need to look at, the ecosystem of care. Mm -hmm. When somebody has been assaulted, be it a student or otherwise, Mm -hmm. they need to be able to have direct access to aftercare, Mm -hmm. right? They shouldn't have to be traveling. They shouldn't have to feel that, you know, I have to go all the way from mainland to the island Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So you get access to that. But what's critical in that app is, from being able to name the so something like Dr. Boniface. Mm. Incidentally, I was at the Palms yesterday. Okay. And would you believe young girls working in the store mm-hmm. were telling me, Ma, because they had heard the advert, mm-hmm. were telling me, Ma, that Dr. Boniface, eh, we remember him. Yeah. Can you imagine? These girls are graduated. Mm. He's obviously quite a famous. If you, yes, for He's quite well known for doing those things. Uh, all right. So I want us to talk about um, uh, parenting, but that's going to come up after the break. Andrew, thank you so much for uh, staying with us through this conversation. We, uh, one hour is not going to be enough. We've got like uh, 14 minutes to go, but I really need to go for this break. When we come back, let's talk about the role of parents as far as stopping abuse is concerned. I'm Sandra Ezekwesele. This this is the glass ceiling on hard facts. Hard, hard facts will be right back.
This is the glass ceiling, the glass ceiling. on hard facts. Hard facts. I'm Sandra Ezekwesli. The Glass Ceiling today is talking about sex for grades. I have Andrew Boferb on the show. He is a venture capital executive. I also have... And a, he's a feminist. <laughs> I also have uh, Adesua Oyenokwe <laughs> on the show with me. She's the publisher for Today's Woman. Iriti Bakara Yusuf is a radio host, an actress, a filmmaker. and uh, She's a lot of things. <laughs> and she's on the show with us as well. And I did say that before the break, I want to ask about parenting in the bbc documentary there was a moment where uh, a lecturer was uh, propositioning an undercover reporter pretending to be a 17 year old girl right 17 and she was refusing his advances and he told her he would report her to her mother and get her in trouble yeah and i found and i tweeted about it i found that particular part so disturbing because this man believed that his victim's mother would believe him yeah. over uh, her daughter yeah. and he probably had good reason to think so we hear so many cases of rape and sexual molestation of minors where the parent do not believe the survivor or if they do they actually blame him or her for the rape why is this andrew why is it that in nigerian society so many parents don't do a good enough job believing their children in these situations well it's a it's complicated but you know there it starts with you know especially there's always there's a big there's a big power imbalance here there's a sharp power contrast uh a lot of these parents we're talking about not very well educated from poor backgrounds, used to oppression, used to seeing themselves and by extension their children as second-class citizens, even though they are not. And so it is very easy in these situations for them to just defer and bow to whoever has the most power in the room. And if that person is an oppressor, an abuser, that means accepting or tolerating the abuse, even if it's the abuse of their children. You see it all the time, even when people's relatives are abusing their children and they turn a blind eye to it. And then there's always this, and again, it comes back, then the second factor is this, our virtue politics, where we believe that these things only happen to you if you are bad, if you invited them in some way. So if you did not dress properly, or if you did not pass your exam well, or if you were in some way you had it coming, you brought, it doesn't happen to good girls. So that thing is very insidious. It's one of the greatest tools that is used to oppress and, uh, and um, abuse women in our society. And a lot of the time, it's actually perpetuated, enforced, and passed down by women themselves. And you, know, you see it all the time. So these are the factors that make uh, parents not believe their children, not defend and protect their children. And those of us who grew up with parents willing to go to bat for us were very privileged. You know, I want to expand the scope yeah. a bit. Adesua, you recently interviewed pastors who knew uh, Biodu Fatoyimbo years ago mm-hmm. when he was still based in Iloring. Can you tell us what they said about his interactions with women there? Well, before we go in that direction, which is all kind of related, I think Andrew is speaking from a perspective Maybe his kids are young. I have older kids. I have kids who are in their 30s already, okay. right? And I do know, I have a lot of kids too, you know. I know as a parent that more importantly, and it's not just people who are 
down there that have this not believing their kids culture. Mm. The question is, parents are so concerned about their reputation, that is the fear of shame, the fear of what will people say. And so they don't want to admit that their child has been under this kind of circumstance. Mm. Because you believe that your child is wrong before you can even prove. It's sad. But the point is most parents are scared. It's their reputation. They're thinking not about the child. Mm. They're thinking about themselves. And as a parent, I've had myself in situations like that where I have to think, is it my reputation or is it the child's happiness? So I cannot tell you that. It's nothing to do with sexual abuse. I had a child who was suffering because he didn't want to study a course that he wanted to study. We spent three years in school reading chemical engineering, computer engineering, and suddenly he doesn't want to do that anymore. You spend money abroad and he has to come back home. How do you now say, uh-oh, my son is coming back home? So we dealt with that. And I know for sure that most parents, is a, is a function of fear. Mm. That's the question. Now, you asked me about uh, Pastor Bionu Fatuimbo and mm. what did the pastors say? Mm -hmm. Now, quite honestly... The question is, if somebody can be getting away, because Claire, he's been getting away with it. Mm -hmm. These pastors had heard him do it in the past, mm -hmm. they said. I saw other people who said the same things, but I couldn't use all of those, in all of those interviews. Mm -hmm. Between why Nigeria and I, we gathered that information mm -hmm. as helped by enough is enough. So, so you had all these pastors, including women who knew mm -hmm. or suspected Fatoyimbo's alleged behavior to women. And they didn't What do punishments did they recommend uh, for him? You see, they said the best they can do because it, it doesn't matter what they recommend. If you say you should kill him, what difference does it make? The question is, he should stop doing what he's doing, right? They should take it to the law courts and he should be brought to book. Now, they don't even have evidence because most of the people that we're talking about, some of these women are married. Their husbands don't even know what they went through. So and in the court of law, there'll be evidence. But there are some people who have evidence, I'm told, and they will come out. Right, so it's not a function of what can you. No matter what anybody, if I say now, please kill Boyadi Fatuimbo because of what he's done, what difference does it make? He should I, be caught, I'm asking he this. He should be punished, but, and he should be punished by the recommendations of the law. Mm, because, he, because here's the thing, uh, uh, Mr. Desua. In essence, these men and women of God looked the other way, and one of the main reasons they looked the other way was they didn't want to end his career. Or tarnish the church's reputation. Okay, I don't know about the ones I talked to. They didn't, that wasn't the intention. That wasn't the reason. That wasn't the reason. All right. Mm. Now, uh, uh, Irechi, isn't that fear of ruining the reputation of these predatory yeah. uh, uh, lecturers mm -hmm. one of the reasons why their actions are covered up? I want to talk about the parents. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I really do. Um, I think it's time Nigerian parents realize that sex is not a taboo subject. Right? It is not a taboo subject. It's not just a subject you discuss after he or she is married. Uh -huh. So you need to talk to your children about sex, sex education. You need to, by doing that, you're giving them ownership of their body. Once you give them ownership of their body, they then get that mental strength to be able to say, Oi, don't do that. Now you need to open up the channel of communication. When you open up a channel of communication, your child is able... If you make your child comfortable to talk to you about practically everything and anything, short of, you know, Sandra and I were last night, we really fancied this boy or whatever. And even if they can do that, all the better. But if you leave the channel of communication open and liberal, mm. then your child will not have to fear the lecherous 
kinky lecturer. Yes, but threatening lecturer who then says, I'm going to report you because guess what? I've already told my mother and father. Now, because we're out of time, I'm trying to wrap this up, yeah. right? So, Iriti, tell me, how do we as a society get to the point where we do do not protect the the strong who are preying on the weak? Because with these pastors, uh, you and, and again, I, I, I'm going back to pastors, pastors because mm-hmm. I, um, this lecturer in this story is a, a pastor. He's been suspended from the church, but he's a pastor. He prayed for the girl in the video and then went on to ask her, have you had sex yet? Have you had carnal knowledge yet? What's his business? From prayer to sex questions. So again, I, I, um, I want to ask, we've seen the problem with the universities, um, the, the lecturers praying on students and they're, they're protecting them because of their reputation and their work. Oh, they're family men. Don't drag family men outside. Uh, the same thing happening in church. Pastors, oh, their reputation, oh, they're leading the flock. Don't be an enemy of the church. How do we stop pre- stop protecting the strong as a society and move on to protecting the weak? Right. Okay. Um, first and foremost, we need to get away from the fact that religion gives power to abuse. It doesn't. We need to get away from the fact that pastors are God. They are not. They are merely human beings who are supposed to be teachers and leaders, but the majority of them are just regurgitators of what they've heard somebody else say. Okay, so that's the first thing we need to get away from. We also need to get to the point where, as a society, we empower our girls and our women. We support them and believe first. Look, in any other part of the world, Sandra, Mm. if a child, and I repeat, a child, Mm. comes to you as an adult and says, Miserity has abused me, first and foremost, you are to believe the child. Because guess what? Even if I didn't do anything wrong, as miserity as the adult, Mm -hmm. what did I do to give that child the impression? So yeah. that such and such has happened. The honors should always be, be on, on the stronger partner the power. to prove themselves. The power mm. That's what we're saying. I think mm. I the honors should be It will the always be that. It mm. can never, we can never negotiate from that. And then create an ecosystem mm. where we support. No, Andrew, let me survivors. hear from you. You're yes. the last thought I'll Go take. Ahead, we'll <laughs> <laughs> now, um, apart, from, apart from my day job, I'm also traditionally a chief in Okrika Kingdom in River State. Mm. Oh, nice. So I'm speaking here with my cap on as a chief. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what, How do we greet thing? your chiefs? How do you keep <laughs> We say Alabo. Alabo. Now, one thing that has to be done is that we need to bring down or at least dismantle or reduce our culture of respect. Yeah. Yeah. Because our respect culture makes it very difficult to challenge people in authority, whether it's authority by age or by religious office or political office or academic office, to challenge them when they do something wrong or when they do something evil. And a lot of the time, people take advantage of our culture of respect they hide behind it and use it to perpetrate evil. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew, that- very quickly, the difference is respect. People get respect mixed up with genuflection. What people that- tend to do is genuflect. They respect kneel. is they very- kneel. Yes. That's right. The bowing, etc. So we're not saying ditch respect. No. We say redefine respect. Reg- genuflecting is different redefine to respect. respect. Check the meaning of genuflection. Tighten the laws and make them happen. Lock up a few people and this will be history. Lock up all of them, not a few. Build a new prison. 
We need to start distributing hidden cameras to girls. Thank you, exactly. In Nigeria. In and boys. Thank you so much for talking to us on the show. Desua Onyenokwe, thank you so much. Ireti Bakara Yusuf, my God, thank you so much. You've all been so great. Uh, we are out of time completely. My producers are blinking the, the lights at me. But this was great. And everybody who missed it or who joined last minute, please get online and listen uh, via our podcast, The Glass Ceiling Show. You can also watch uh, the Facebook stream. Thank you so much for coming, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. Let's talk about our borders that have been closed and what's happening with that. The headline news on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Minister of Labour and Employment, Dr. Chris Ngigi, has commended has commenced dialogue with labour unions again in Abuja as time runs out on a deadline issued by Labour for the payment of a new wage approved for workers by the federal government. President Mohamed Buhari today administered oaths of office on members of the newly constituted Presidential Economic Advisory Council. Less than 24 hours after President Mohamed